Empire. Hello and welcome to my podcast. Do me a favor, subscribe to the John Conn Report wherever you get your podcast. You're watching on YouTube, hit that like button, hit that subscribe button. You can find us there as part of Empire Media, A-M-P-I-R-E. Always much appreciated when you tune in and don't forget, you can always read my work on ESPN.com. But today, it's I'm back out here. It's Thursday, early Thursday evening. You can see himself at the command facility. This is my hostage room. Uh, back here where we, we wrapped up. We had a chance today to talk to the new coordinators, Cliff Kingsbury on offense, of course, and then Joe Witt Jr. on defense. So I just kind of want to give you my early, my initial impressions of both their men and what they had to say, what stood out, what jumped out, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So I'm going to start with Witt because he had the energy. Kingsbury is not necessarily, he's not going to come across as an energetic guy. Um, he's, he's a guy who gets in here, dives in the film and gets that offensive plan together. And a lot of times, on a lot of times, that's how offensive coaches kind of are a little bit more like that, which is why Bienemy kind of jumped out in a, in a different way with that energy last year. But it's what Joe Witt has, and it's what you would hope to have from defensive guys, and it's not something you had the, with um, with the last staff. And I think you had that in Chris Harris as the secondary coach, but you got this now in Witt. Now, what kind of coordinators are that going to make him? I don't know. I just know he's got a lot of energy. And he's got some. He's got confidence in himself, and he's been waiting for this opportunity. And I think it sh- kind of showed big time just some of his style. So let's go. I'm going to start with Witt. So one of the things that a couple of things that jumped out at me. First thing is they wanted to bring in coaches from who had been in different systems. They just didn't want a repeat of everything they've been that they were doing in Dallas. They brought in you know Ken Norton Jr. has a different experience. Um, he has, you know, some experience since he was obviously in, out in Seattle, but he also has had a different experience as well. So there's other guys coming from different systems that I think, you know, like Daryl Tapp came from a different system that I think they can bring what they want is for them to bring different ideas. So that was a big theme for him in this. The word collaborative was thrown around a lot by both Witt and Kingsbury. And, you know, every coach wants, says they're going to want to get ideas from everybody else. Not everybody gets that. I do think with Quinn, that's kind of one of the things that he is known for is, is wanting to, is soliciting that kind of input and that rubs off. And you see that with Wit, and I think you're going to see it as part of the staff. And with Quinn, I know like he's a guy, if you're into the the growth mindset, right? Like that's who Quinn is. So he's all, like he's a guy that was always trying to do things in the offseason to try and improve himself. That's partly why he's back into a head coaching position. Well, that stuff rubs off on your staff. And, you know, he, you know, my understanding is he kind of challenges his guys to do the same, like every offseason work on something that can make you better. And so that's something that translates down. And it's also, but it leads to um, a lot of ideas being tossed around and not shutting down ideas simply because you think you know it all. And, you know, I, I will say there's just more energy with the staff. Again, what that means, we'll see. I do think defensively they should be better. I think you're going to have a better plan. I thought it was like kind of a too much of the staff last time was a lot of what what they did in Carolina. And you're not going to get like, well, in Atlanta, we did this. Well, in Dallas, we did this. I think you're going to have a lot of different things coming coming out of this. So it's not just one place. But that's one of the things that that stood out. And as Witt said that he said Quinn wants guys who think outside the box. So that's what that's what he wants to do too. Um 
And as he said, if you think this defense is going to be the same thing that they ran in Dallas, you're going to be mistaken because like this is Quinn went from Seattle to Atlanta, kind of brought a lot of that cover three stuff to Atlanta, started to morph into something a little bit different. And then Dallas, it was very different. So he said, what they're going to do is take what they had there. Also, some of that's going to depend on personnel as well. Big time depend on personnel. Um, you know, you don't have, you're not going to have the same guys, so you can't run the, the exact same system to fit those guys. What they did in Dallas fit that talent and they did it very well. And as Witt said, structure, it's not as much about structure. It's not three, four, four, three. Um, it's more about attitude. And I like that because too often on defense, you see like the coverages aren't all that different, right? There's only so many different coverages you can play. There's only a couple of different fronts you can play. Within that, you can do different things. But it's not about do you run a three, four, do you run a four, three? Both those defenses in the first of all, you're in a you're you're not in your base defense all that often. I would hope people know that by now. But the other part of it is you're not going to see a wide variation from one of these to the next. I mean, there's a lot of copycat, especially on defense. So a lot of what it is is it's the subtleties of it. It's a, it is mindset. It is how you know if you want if you want smart tough players, you draft smart tough players. There was a I remember there was a player here in the past who was not known in college as being a real tough guy, and then he gets here and they wanted to be a real tough guy. Well, it's like well that's not who he is. So why did you draft him? You don't draft a guy and make him into that. You draft guys who are that. And I think that's one of the things that you I saw you've seen that with Peters and San Francisco did that pretty well. But that's something that I think you'll see with this too. Um, <clears throat> With wit, again, passion and energy. He's As he said, he's not a rah-rah guy, even though he comes across as a lot of energy. On game day, he said he's not a rah-rah guy. He's going to let his guys go. He said, if you do your job during the week, then you don't have to be that guy. You don't have to be in guys' faces during on Sunday because you that's what the week during the week of preparation is for. So he's going to see, you're going to probably, you know, I don't know that he's going to be jumping up and down and doing all this stuff on defense as a coordinator. But during the week, I think you're going to see feel the impact when when we're out there watching, feel the impact of his coaching more than you would on Sundays. Sundays, it's a time for the players to go out and take what they learned during the week and go do their thing. Not that he's not involved, of course. It's just that he's not going to be the guy just jumping up and down and doing whatever to get him pumped up. They should be, it's all about the preparation during the week. And you you kind of, you push them during the week and and then they, you need to see him go out and play on, on Sunday. And he, you know, he, again, collaboration and the ideas could come from players too. And listening to your players, I think that's a big thing for a lot of guys. It doesn't always happen. Um, but I think it's good. And I love, I love again, the part about the attitude, because I do think defense is largely is so much about attitude. If you can get guys who can, you know, who want to run to the ball, who want to hit people and, you know, be physical, then you have a defense that plays that way. If you don't draft guys like that and then want them to play like that, you're not going to have a good defense. Um, the other part of that is confusing the quarterback. And that I think was a big part of what he talked about. Once one of the things that I've told you before, and I actually told the club members this in a, in a video the other day, that one of the things with Quinn that um, when I talked to one former player who said that he really likes the way in the back end structure and how they do different things post snap to confuse the quarterback. And that was a big thing for Witt too. He talked about doing things post snap to impact the, what the quarterback does and how they, what they see. And if you can cause them to pause, then you have a chance for the rush to get home. So as talented as that rush is in Dallas, Michael Parsons and all that whole group, 
you still want to give them a little bit of help to get there because it's not easy. And I go back to two years ago in Washington, I felt like they did a good job of disguising coverages. And in fact, when they beat Tampa Bay here a couple of years ago, I felt like that was one of the reasons you saw Brady pause on that first read and it allowed the rush to then be more effective. That's what you need to see here. And they were obviously well known for turnovers there. So within those snaps, if you can cause guys to not be sure about what they're seeing or to maybe think they see something and then you're rotating post-snap to something else, then you have a chance to create some more turnover. So you need guys who are ball hawks, yes, but you also can put them in better situations by how you design things and and just what you know the the style is the defenses, but it's really about can you cause some confusion and then and maybe you know which again leads the rush to get there and then maybe because the rush is bearing down they make a mistake and that's how you start causing turnover. So that's one of the things that he that he talked a lot about. They like to move guys around. And I think that's something that you talk, you know, and they did that. They would do some of that here, but I think they did a lot of that in Dallas, a lot of that in Dallas. So it changes the ID structure for the quarterback, like where, you know, again, when it was Micah Parsons, who was a unicorn, but you can find other guys that can maybe, they may not be Micah Parsons, but they might have some versatility to them where you can move them around a little bit. And then it just changes the block, the assignments for the line, or maybe, how, you know, who's the mic, who's the mic. You know, I see that maybe it changes some of that too. Um, they did use a Buffalo nickel down there. So you do have guys who can do that here. Uh, he did talk about how somebody asked him about Emmanuel Forbes and Quan Martin. He really liked Forbes coming out. And and he's a, he was a, certainly seemed like he was a big fan of Quan Martin. Um, those two, in, well, Forbes was asked about, Witt brought up Quan Martin. And again, I've told you, like, I think Martin will fit this defense very well because of that versatility. Another guy would be Cam Curl if they resign him or bring it, if you don't resign him, but you bring in someone with those kind of vers that versatility, um, I think that would be a big help. And maybe somebody who maybe is even more versatile because I think at his core, Curl is just, is would be a really good in the box safety. Um, and I think that would be an ideal thing for him, but he, so he has shown that he can do different things, of course, in the Buffalo nickel, but also the in the box safety. The other thing that jumped out with Witt, how he likes to teach. And he's a big believer he, one of the things he pointed out, he said, hey, he's dyslexic. So he likes to be, he he wants, he likes to, I guess, be create, you know, teach to creative learners. Because when you're dyslexic, you have to be a creative learner. So that gives him an understanding that not everybody learns the same way. So you can't just go up there on a chalkboard and show them, say, go get it. Not everybody learns that way. Some people learn by doing on the field. Some people learn visually. Some people learn, whatever, however, there are many different ways. So the fact that he has that in his, you know, that he knows that is definitely going to help. And one of the things, and I agree with this, if their players aren't getting it, it's on the coaches. So either your scheme is wrong or too too much for them, or the way you're teaching it is not right for them, or your personnel evaluation was wrong and you got the wrong guys. So it's not like you can take every player and they're going to fit in the system. And, you know, like for example, William Jackson, the third, I don't think Dallas goes out and gets him. It's not about, can you make it work with him? It's, I don't think that's a guy we can work with. So why bring him in? Whereas like this staff, they thought, you know, despite some things you heard, they thought they could make something with them and they were wrong. And so I don't like that. That's part of the evaluation too. It's not that you can make it work with everybody, but you have to know who you can make it work with. And I think it starts there. So if you don't think a guy can handle certain things, well, then don't bring them in. Don't draft them. Don't sign them, whatever. But when they're here, as he said, it is the coach's job. They get paid a lot of money to make sure those players understand what they're doing when they're out there. Because when they do, 
they play faster. And if you play fast, you have a chance to be a very good defense. Um, and I think that's, I think that is an important trait, but I do like that as a coach. Like I never, there's some guys like, well, this guy can't do this. Well, then maybe you just need to change your ways. Maybe you have to find a better way to reach that guy. Or again, the process of evaluation should not have led that guy to be here. If you really don't think he can be something, but you've got to find what guys can do and then work around with that. And I think the other, you know, there's a couple of things he does. He has Ryan Clark is one of his best friends, former Redskin. Marcus Washington, one of his best friends, former Redskin. We also said that one of his favorite, that his favorite player was Sean Taylor. So there, I think being here matters to him because of that. And this is a great chance for him. It's his first time as a defensive coordinator. And, you know, I asked him about that. We have a little clip up on the, on the, on the site or at some point, Will. But I asked him about that, like, why are you ready now? And his point was he was ready before. And somebody else asked him, like, he was ready six, seven, eight years ago where he knew he could be a defensive coordinator. Now his dad was was a coach, so he grew up in the game. Typically those guys are ready at an earlier age, but his age, I think he's 45, it's a little bit later. But he's coming here at the right time. And, you know, I think he feels good about it. He said for him, it wasn't so much whether he's ready now. It's that, that he finally got the job, the position now. And I think the dude is raring to go. So, you know, um, good for him. Um, and then the last thing you talked about, consistency and approach. If you're on a losing streak, you shouldn't be staying at the office longer because if you are, then you weren't doing it right the first time. You should be doing it the same amount every day. Just take the right approach every day and you'll get out of that losing streak, but you're not going to get out. If you try to work harder, then it suggests that maybe you weren't doing enough before. So that's that's the other thing for him. And then it was on to Cliff Kingsbury. Well, actually, he was first. But I started with Whip because I just think he was far, he was just more interesting. But I, you know, Kingsbury's been a head coach, so I think he understands. Like he just there's a lot of things he didn't want to say and reveal. And I think there's also a lot of things that people would like to have heard him reveal. Like why did he choose here so to stay with the, with the Raiders? Well, you get a three year deal. It's going to make a choice easier for a coordinator. So that's a big deal. But were there some other factors involved? Was it, you know, hey, you know, but but he didn't want to go into the specifics more that he was like, he's happy to be here. So, and that's, you know, hey, that's that's how I think he understands that he didn't want to become a headline with it. And guess what? He didn't become a headline with it. He took the, you know, he took a smart approach, stayed out of the headlines, you move on, and there you go. He did, you know, so he didn't want to get into the details of that. Of course, Caleb Williams was talked about or asked about, but he's not going to get into that either because he knows what that he knows what happens if he says, "Oh, Caleb Williams is the best ever." It's going to create a headline, and the headline then creates an issue. You know, people here don't want those those kind of headlines where it's like, you know, be smarter than that. And he was, and so like, yeah, he likes Caleb, but then he started talking about like, well, Lincoln Riley and things that had been around the young players and how exciting that was, and I think how re-energizing that was for him spending a year there rather than in the NFL and and maybe just kind of kind of juice him back up a little bit. Um but yeah, he didn't want to go a whole lot on 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 Caleb Williams and I don't blame him or the Raiders situation. And, and again, I don't blame him. Um I think, you know, I think one of the things he likes not being a head coach is he's going to be able to focus on offense. And of course you're going to say that guys want to be a head coach is it didn't work. But when you're in this situation, you hear from a lot of guys who are like this that when you're a head coach, you can't really coach the way you want. I know Ron Rivera said at the end of the year, but it's true for a lot of guys. You just, you have way too many responsibilities on your plate. So being a coordinator, it allows you to get back to just coaching for a little bit 
And their guys can find a lot of energy in doing that. And then again, you look at the staff. I think the collaboration, it's going to have to be there. And you have, I, I told you yesterday in the podcast, but the thing I like is the different voices you have in this offense, Anthony Lynn, uh, Brian Johnson, Bobby Johnson, all coming from very good run game systems that can supplement what Kingsbury likes to do in the pass game. And I think that's going to be a big deal as well. The other, he did talk about quarterbacks. And one of the things when he talked about them in general is you better be able to move. And I think when you know you point to a guy like Patrick Mahomes, and of course Mahomes is the ultimate unicorn at that position, but what he does and, and Purdy can do it too, but he pointed that game and said, you look at the quarterbacks and their ability to extend plays. So when you start looking at that, you want, but any, all, all coaches would like that. Can you find a guy who does that? And it doesn't have to mean that you just scramble and run, but extending plays, like, is it sliding in the pocket and being able to create a little bit more space for yourself that way? Is It's maneuvering as well as not just taking off and sprinting. You don't have to be Lamar Jackson or Kyler Murray and doing that, but you do have to be able to escape and you do have to be able to avoid pressure and extend plays because that's how you can make bigger plays. And I think that's something that to look for. But when you look at the draft, Caleb Williams clearly does that. Jaden Daniels does that very well. And Drake May is able to do that at maybe not to the same level as those guys can, but he certainly can run and extend plays as well. So I don't know that you're going to get necessarily a big clue out of it that way. And Sam Howell can do that here. We've seen that. So you, but that's, but that's the style that, that he talked about that is important. And then he also talked about David Blaw. And he was hired as an assistant quarterbacks coach and and Kingsbury had him for a brief spell in Arizona and said he was one of the brightest quarterbacks that he's ever been around. Um, He said after two weeks in Arizona, he probably knew the offense better than him. But if you're going to, if you're, you know, it's good to have a guy like that in your system who also knows in this, in your coaching staff, who knows your system and they can teach it not only to the players, but also to the coaches. So they have run into some you know questions or whatever, that guy has experience in it. And I think that's going to be a big help. And that's how you can help develop your staff, but also your players. And I think that's one of the best things for this. If this, if law is going to be that kind of guy, then you know, you now again, I talk about the line of succession. You add another guy in your in your offensive system that can possibly rise up. And you have a lot of guys, I think that, you know, you have between Brian Johnson, Tavita Pritchard, and Al Blah, you have three guys who conceivably could rise up in the ranks and and be an offense coordinator, maybe down the road, be a head coach. Who knows? But you have those guys in your system. And I think that's, you know, you go back to the Shanahan time, that's what they had then. Not all those guys were ready at that time or even within a few years, but they were of that level and they were of that that brain power and the energy that comes from that, it can be very, very good. So that's another guy. And that 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 was a big deal for for him to get him here, I think. And just, but that's how you, again, that's how you're going to develop young quarterbacks. I think that guy's going to be key as well. The quarterback coach, Pritchard, and then Law, they're going to have a big role in helping develop them because the other guy's going to have other things. Kingsbury's going to be in charge of the offense while he knows how to, you know, to work with the quarterbacks. Of course, you're going to need guys who are hands-on with them every day and, and in the meeting rooms all the time with them. And it's going to be those two. So getting guys there who are younger, have some energy, and have a, a you know our, the the brain power that is he said with Blah being one of the brightest quarterbacks he's been around I think that's going to be a big deal as well so anyway those are the early impressions the first impressions I guess after meeting with Kingsbury and Witt um, so there you go I mean it's I, 
good first impression. I think for, especially for Witt has that energy. I think it's just a fresh, to me, he's a, it'll be a breath of fresh air for that defense. And it's not like they all hated Jack Del Rio. That was not the case, but I do think they got to the point where they knew the defense wasn't working clearly. And I think there was a change was needed. And I think just not just a change and it's not about scheme, it's mindset. And then it's like, what are you, and I told you before, the layers, too many layers on that defense, not as many in this one. Every defense has its level of complexity, but it's just a matter of how complex do you make it? And then how, if you can't teach it well, then you're going to have guys who aren't playing fast or getting out of position. And then again, I talked about the impact on Emmanuel Forbes. Um, I think there's going to be some things that are going to be a lot up to him. Um, So we'll see where it goes and I'll have more about him down the road. So anyway, there you go. Um, That's it for me. I'll be back on Monday. I'm going to have my pal Nikki Javala on. We're going to discuss the offseason, what she thinks, and what she thinks about these coaches after meeting them, because I want to bring other opinions on here so you don't just hear mine. So there you go. Talk to you next time. 